determine our actions without restraint. Freedom is surveying all the options and deciding which one is best for you. Freedom is sleeping soundly every night while courageous men and women are awake and protecting us. Freedom is the ability to worship God whenever, wherever. Freedom is dreaming. Freedom is creating. Freedom is loving. Freedom is expressing any disagreement with any political party. Freedom is launching a business in the middle of fear and uncertainty. But the highest freedom we can ever receive was purchased on our behalf on a hill outside of Jerusalem. As Jesus freely offered himself for us, our shackles were broken and our chains were removed. His death became our life. His shame became our glory. And we've been set free to live, to love, and to serve people with clear and open hearts. So today we celebrate and we praise God for granting us this undeserved gift that invites us to become truly and completely Well, good morning and happy 4th of July as we celebrate this great freedom we have. And I'm glad that you're here with us this morning. Marty is uh, with the family, as you would understand. Uh, so I uh, certainly want to keep our prayers going on for him and, and for little Henry. We begin this morning thinking about some of the things we love. That's a good thing to think about, isn't it? Some of the things we love, well, I don't know about you, but I love cake and pie Sweet treats of all sorts, candy and lobster. And because I like all those things and rather like them in abundance, I like and love Rolades as well. Maybe you're in the same boat. Of course, we love Jesus. We love our church. We love the Bible. All these things mean so much to us. Many of us love sports, vacations, movies and media. We enjoy these things greatly. Of course, we love family. You may recognize that one on the screen. And friends. Those are some of the things we love. Get ready to awe. We love puppies and kittens and bunnies. Yes, we do. Of course, we love nature and the beauty of creation. See it in all sorts of forms and, and images and enjoy that very much. And... Being the 4th of July, you know we're going to talk about freedom. Freedom is one of those things we love so much. And because we love it, I want us to understand it a little better today and appreciate it more and understand where true and complete freedom comes from. It is Independence Holiday weekend, and our thoughts come to the subject of freedom. One of those things we do, indeed, dearly love I do, and I think the same is probably true for everyone in this room as well. Back in the 1960s, there was a rock group who came out with a song, uh, kind of became a, a banner song, if you will, a, a fight song, if you will, and the song went like this, Freedom, paint me a picture. It was a little bit of a protest song. It was a little bit of a song of anguish and and 
dissatisfaction and the singer just sounded so unhappy because apparently what he was seeing wasn't equal to what he thought freedom should be. It was in the 1960s that I think in this world freedom began to take a different turn. And even the word freedom became overused and abused in the way we used it and thought about it. It began to lose its true significance. It was a word that should be very special and precious, but just lost its real depth. Because back then and even up until today, we use freedom to mean I can do my own thing the way I want to and nobody can tell me better. I'm going to look after my own self-interest. I'm going to look out for number one and do what number one wants to do. That spirit of meism, if you will, has increased and worsened in the days since the 1960s. Now, freedom painted properly is what I want and I know what you want. And that is where we're going to head today, looking at true, real freedom. Let's begin by looking at some possible sources or some possible places people may look for freedom. One of those places or sources or, or um, pursuits is the idea of might. By that I mean power and strength and force. Might may give us a degree of freedom... Sometimes freedom comes our way through power and brute force and warfare. We know our own nation's history is proof of that. We look upon our country's birth and we understand that words and diplomacy and reasoning failed to get what people here were looking for, freedom from England. And so out came the guns and the soldiers. The colonies gathered armies together to repel the British military who was here representing England and trying to take away the freedom and independence that we so, want, so badly wanted. Finally, tired of British tyranny and rule, the American colonies revolted, declared our independence. That's what we celebrate today, that day of independence. We flexed our muscles. We showed our strength. We fought wars and many battles. Won some, lost others. But it was American might and courage that brought us liberty and freedom, freeing us from the control and the unfair rule of from those far, far away. Even thinking now till today, we understand that might has a little bit at least to do with our country's freedom still today. We place great stock in our military power and strength. We have bombs and missiles and huge guns and all sorts of things to push back any enemy that would invade and try to take our freedom away. Thankfully, we have willing men and women who are there risking their lives all around the world, defending and protecting that freedom. We flex our muscles. And for the most part, anyway, at least to some degree, the world still respects that and prayerfully causes them to leave us alone so we can enjoy our freedom. 
On this weekend, we remember the birth of a free nation. And we realize that, at least in part, our freedom is due to the muscle and might of those who fought long ago and still protect it today. That principle is seen many other places around the world as well and throughout history. And even as we enjoy and cherish this freedom that's brought to us this way, we must recognize that when freedom comes through that source, that source of might and force, there are some inherent weaknesses in that kind of freedom. Among those weaknesses are these. There's always the threat. If you've gained your freedom by might, that you will lose your freedom by might. In other words, there's always the threat that some stronger or some sneakier or some meaner or some tougher thing will use their own might to take away our freedom. We've been stung and hurt in recent years as terrorists have attacked us with deadly power. Our vulnerability has been exposed. Freedom gained by might can be a very short-term liberty when other powers of evil rise up against it. Another weakness in freedom accomplished by might is that the ever is the ever-present problem of corruption. When we gain power or freedom by force, the field is ripe and ready for someone to come in and start abusing the system and corrupting the system. Others will want to use that freedom for their own agenda, to advance their own brand of freedom. And that oppression then leads to injustice and unkindness and unfairness. Things that just ignore or forget or hurt the very people for whom that freedom was achieved and probably even by whom that freedom was achieved. Another inherent weakness of freedom that comes through might is the ease with which selfishness and overindulgence can soon become the agenda of both our leaders and the citizens of a free nation. We can begin to use our freedom as a license to promote and serve self and every other agenda and item that comes along and think about self rather than the whole. In other words, think about what's good for me rather than what's good for the whole. These are some real dangers and weaknesses. We need to guard against them. We need to be very careful that we don't let such things happen. Well, let's turn to a second source of freedom today that some may find freedom in, and that is that order. Order may give us a degree, a sense of freedom. Here I'm talking about things like organization and government and comfort and routine and just having things be the way we want them to be, having the world in order. Those who know me best know that I am a person that enjoys <laughs> and greatly appreciates order and routine. Now, some might call it old-fashioned, some might call it silly, but I don't mind. Because I am happy and content with a mindset. There's a place for everything and everything should go in its place. Now, I don't always get it perfectly. Don't get me wrong. But that is my dream. That is my preference, if I will. Law and order are my friends. Oh, sometimes I find some great freedom in the order of the world. 
when it's going my way anyway. I enjoy freedom and liberty, but I also enjoy that freedom and liberty in a place of order and rule. I don't think I'm alone. I suspect there's many of you out there as well that that understanding that things are happening in certain ways or should happen in certain ways brings you a sense of freedom. I like knowing the plans and the details. I like consistency and routine. Many of you do as well. I admire people who live up to their promises. You know those kind of people. When they tell you they're going to do something, they get it done. You can count on them. Now, I try to be that kind of a person, but I'm not always successful. Probably just like you. You see, I find some comfort and some freedom in knowing the laws and realities that never change. Like gravity. I love the fact that gravity keeps me planted on this earth and I'm just not going to float away until Jesus comes and breaks that law, crushes it, and we all float up to glory. Until then, I think my feet will stay planted firmly on this earth. I prefer music that has some kind of recognizable beat and pattern. I'm glad to know that every day the sun will rise in the east and set in the west. I like to keep the path to the bathroom clear at night in case there's those times when you have to get up in the dark and you don't end up stubbing your toe or tripping and falling and hurting yourself. I like the fact that at least for the foreseeable future, four quarters still makes a dollar. I believe strongly in the words of Jesus when he said we reap what we sow and he commanded us to forgive as we have been forgiven. I'm naive enough to still believe and trust in the idea that if I treat you well, you will probably treat me well. That, those are principles of order. I love the words of Hebrews 13.8. You know them, Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. I find some freedom in order. The opposite of that, of course, is chaos. The absence of laws and rules and guidance and control. I could never know a freedom in that kind of situation. No, I need to work on this. I need to become a little more flexible and a little more patient and a little more unrestrained. But for now, I do find a degree of freedom, at least, in order. But just like freedom from might, freedom from uh, order, or freedom that comes to us by order, also has some inherent weaknesses. And one of the main one of those is the fact that we have to decide if there's order, who's going to decide what order is? (laughs) That brings us a problem. If I choose... It might not be orderly to you. Husbands and wives know this. When he says, she says, goes on. She says, if you do it this way in this time, things will be in order. And what does he say? If I do it in this way in this time, this will bring order. (laughs) Right? We know that for sure. Now, apart from the unchangeable laws of God, Order can be a fickle master. Things might go my way. Things might not go my way and often don't. But throughout history, tyrants and dictators have also tried to lead their followers into some kind of fake freedom by suggesting or promoting or enforcing an order 
that just cannot and will not ever work. Think about it. Hitler, with his campaign of hatred, told, us, told his nation that they could have freedom by removing and eliminating all the inferior races and peoples and nations of the world. Terrorists act and work and live today. And their devotion is to a brand of order that causes pain and death upon the innocent. And their belief that martyrdom is the ultimate expression of order and peace. Serial killers fill the pages of newspapers and they try to establish an order by murdering and torturing and hurting others, causing great fear and panic all around them. These and many other sources and ideas for order have been promoted throughout our lives and throughout our world and throughout our history. I want no part of that kind of freedom, even though it was originated in somebody's idea of order. We move to a third idea today, and there, there are many other things people can pursue or look for or, or take stock in or invest in that they might bring them just a degree of freedom. Among those are such things as intelligence. If I only get smart enough. Wealth. If I only were rich enough. Excellence. If I only do it excellently, the best I can. Escape. Oh, if I can only get away in whatever method you may choose to try to escape. Drugs, alcohol, or whatever it may be. Some people pursue fame as the source of freedom. Others would, in, would pursue great pleasures, success. There are all sorts of other pursuits and drives that people work toward and think, if I can only get this or these, I'll know freedom. These are weak. They are shallow. They are temporary. They are trivial. And although many may look for freedom in them, those searches will only end in disappointment. And if we choose, you and I choose, to look for our freedom in such things, we will be disappointed as well. Remember the 60s singer, freedom, paint me a picture. Well, we spent enough time talking about those things that don't really give us freedom. Let's focus now on what brings true, real, complete freedom. You know the answer. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Only Jesus, and only Jesus, and only Jesus can bring us perfect and complete freedom. Here's a fun thing to do. Get out a Bible concordance someday and look up, search the word freedom. And it'll list all the verses that that word freedom is found in. You'll find it interesting, at least I do, and I hope you will, that the references to freedom throughout the Bible are almost always associated not to national or political or military things, but to Jesus. The Bible is strong and clear in its message. Freedom and Jesus work together. We pull out our concordances and see all those verses. It's a frequent Bible declaration. The obvious conclusion for us is that there can be no real freedom apart from Christ. 
And so I want us to enjoy and be blessed today by a few of those verses our concordance would give us that just assure us again that Christ is the only way we can be free. That's what God's word says. And it says it strongly and clearly. And I believe it. We read the words of Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Paul is saying, listen, you got two choices. You can either put yourselves in slavery to sin or you can put yourselves in slavery to Jesus. And by far the better of those choices. It's the freedom for which Christ has set us free. In Psalm 118, the Bible contains this prayer, if you will. Chapter 118, verse 5. When the psalmist says, In my anguish, my despair, my downtroddenness, whatever, I cried to the Lord, and he answered me by setting me free. Freedom and the Lord, hand in hand. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 says, Jesus loves us and he has freed us from our sins by his blood. Probably the most beloved and probably even the most best known verse about this is from the 8th chapter of John. Verses of great impact and power. Verses of great comfort and hope and assurance. They have great value for us. Very important to us. The truth is that Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Then we move to Revelation, I mean to Romans chapter 6. And Paul adds his ideas as well when he says in chapter 6 beginning at verse 18, you have been set free from sin and you have become slaves to righteousness. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you see what I'm saying there? That freedom can only be found, true freedom, real freedom in Jesus. And that's the Bible message over and over and over again. Freedom and Jesus are a perfect match. They will, they do, if you will, go together. They go together like a hand in a glove. Yeah. They go together, as Frank Sinatra used to croon, like love and marriage goes together like a horse and carriage. They're just perfect matches. They go together like that beautiful combination of chocolate and peanut butter. Yes, yes, yes. Freedom and Jesus go together like ducks and water. You see, Jesus is the only source of freedom. How does it work? The words of Scripture and our experience in the freedom of Christ has brought us to a place where we can better understand how potent How powerful, how real, how precious this freedom is. Because it is strong. And unlike those other freedom attempts we talked about, 
There are no weaknesses. There are no failures. There are no shortcomings in the freedom Christ brings and offers. Let's look at some of its strengths. You see, this freedom in Jesus is available. We can have it. We can know it. We can experience it. We can live it. It's not just a dream. It's not just some theological Bible talk. It's real, and it is available for those who find it and want it and know to find it only in Jesus. The very nature of this freedom also makes it strong and lasting. It is real, not fake, not imitation, not a cheap knockoff, but rather the real deal. If there's any fault in the formula, it's not in the one who gives the freedom or the way in which he gives the freedom. The fault is in those in who the freedom has been placed when we sin and fall short. Freedom in Christ is also strong because of its extent. It's just not partial freedom. It's not just temporary freedom. It's not just a feeling of freedom. It is the real thing. It is complete. It is total. It is perfect. You see, the freedom that Christ offers me frees me from what I most need to be freed from. And what you and all of us most need to be freed from, things like worry and anger, sin, guilt, resentment, addictions, unforgiveness, hatred, hell. It's very extensive in what this freedom will release us from. And Jesus has the strength and power to do that. Who... Who among us would not want such freedom? Now, when I think about the freedom that is ours in Christ, a lot of wonderful and encouraging words come to my mind. It's practical. It works for everyday things. It's not just Bible talk. It's guaranteed. Jesus said you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Not that it might, or just not that it can, but it will. It is genuine, it is trustworthy, and perhaps the word we like to use most, freedom in Christ is sweet. Oh, it's so sweet. The absence of it is anything but sweet. But like all freedoms, our freedom in Christ can come under attack. Be attacked by enemies both within and without. Of course, we know the biggest enemy to our freedom in Christ and our satisfaction and peace in finding that is our enemy, Satan. And we know what the Bible tells us about him. He's out to destroy us. He wants to hurt us. He does not want us to live in this freedom. He wants us to think and feel anything but free. Our enemy knows the joy and the peace that such knowledge and assurance brings us, that Christ has made us free. He didn't want us to have any of these. He wants to mess the system up. And he's going to keep working and keep working, keep chipping and keep chipping until we either tell him to get out of here or he gets his way. Another enemy of our freedom would be other people. (laughs) Sometimes when people see us feeling free, 
they would want to confuse us or change us or deceive us. They would want somehow to minimize or get rid of, help us or have us get rid of the freedom that we know and love. The old saying is that misery loves company. And if you're free and someone else is not, they're probably not going to be happy for you. That may be a key reason why church is so important. And that's why we've been encouraging people to come back because listening on the air is great. But we need each other as well to be that encouragement and that help because there's a lot of forces out there, a lot of voices out there that would tell us differently and try to destroy the freedom that we have for whatever reasons. Oh, another enemy of that freedom is our own sinful nature and our selfish tendencies. We think on such a short-term way. We think in such worldly fashions. We become so self-centered and we focus on the now and the self rather than what we should be focusing on and that is Jesus and what we have with him both in this life and in the life to come. So we need to push those feelings, those tendencies, those selfish tendencies away when they start raising their head. So that means we need to make sure our priorities and our choices measure up and bring us all that God has for us, not help us lose what he has for us. You know what? It's kind of a simple idea, but it goes against the thinking of the world today. And that is this. This freedom that only Jesus can bring and that is so wonderful and so sweet is only ours through the practice of things like submission and surrender. Now that concept just blows the mind of the world. They, they don't see how that works. But we who are in Christ know that is exactly the way it works. When I choose to submit myself to Jesus Christ, when I choose to surrender to him, freedom comes my way. And that's the only way I can know freedom, is if I give my all, my life, my total self to Jesus, then I will know true freedom. The world may not tell us that message, but the Bible does. Freedom. Paint me a picture. The picture I want you to see this morning is Jesus. And when you think of freedom, think of him. And when you think of him, think of freedom. You won't regret it. You see, sometimes freedom comes in denying ourselves. That's what Jesus said. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. It is in letting our choices go and choosing Jesus that we find freedom and the only way we find freedom. That means sometimes freedom is in giving up my rights. I might have a perfect right to do something, but Paul said, remember, not everything is expedient. All things may be okay or all right or permissible, but not everything is expedient. It's not the best. And sometimes the best we can do Sometimes the best we can do is give up our own rights for the blessing and benefit of others and for our relationship with Jesus. Wherever you may be in this thing, today if you have a decision to make, we're going to offer this song of invitation. 
If you need to accept Christ, let him free you up perfectly, then we would welcome that decision and speak with you about how you do that. If you need to just kind of, where you are, just kind of think it through and say, boy, I'm going to enjoy this day of freedom, honoring freedom, because I'm also going to put Jesus in the middle of the picture because you can't know freedom apart from him. As we stand and sing, if you've got a decision to make, please make your way forward today.